Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. Hope you're doing good and well. I'm joined by Bailey. How are you doing, Bailey? You good? I'm all good, TC. How are you, mate? Not bad. Good weekend. How was it? Yeah, it was all right. Standards. It's getting hot every, getting hot every weekend, so I can't really complain. Mm. But yeah, decent. How about you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I was suffering a little bit yesterday, to be honest, but uh, we made it through one of those days where you're just like, I just want to do nothing. I'm just going to lay yeah. in a dark room and get on with life. Um, but yeah. uh, we're refreshed and well today. So good morning to everybody joining us in the chat. Well, it's good afternoon, wherever you happen to be in the world, of course, uh, and tuning in. Stevie, I see you. Marks, Abu, Wes, Mafia Boss, good all morning and evening and afternoon and wherever you happen to be. Thank you for joining us. And to those, of course, watching on Catch Up, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't done so already and dropped a like on the video as well leave a comment in the comment section below on any of the topics that we discuss as to your thoughts we kick off uh i don't like this comment from max he says hello tom i'm my favorite person in the world bailey unbelievable uh, <laughs> he's got his own fans now look at this we kick off with uh this discussion around the wide forward area because over the weekend arsenal were linked with not one not two but three different wide forwards. Uh, Rafinha, Jared Bowen and Marco Asensio all were linked with moves. Um, and they're all not names that, you know, that we'd really discussed in any great detail before the weekend. Obviously, Serge Gnabry, Cody Gakpo were names that have been brought up quite a lot. But do you think now with the ferocity of these links growing, that this is clearly a position that the club are maybe putting more emphasis on than we previously thought? Yeah, definitely. I think it's... Uh... It's a necessity of a signing. I, feel, I believed it was going to happen later mm-hmm. in the window because it's simply we're at the moment focusing on Tillemans and, and Gabriel Jesus. But clearly with the links with the other players, we clearly have a target. We have targets and we have players we are looking to, to bring in in that wide forward position. I think it's a position that needs addressing. Me and you have been saying this, TC, for a while that mm. we need... So, uh, if we sign, let's say we sign Gabriel Jesus and we have... Jesus and Ketio, that is not enough. We need extra support and a wing forward kind of perfectly complements those those two players because not only would they possibly be starting in the team, but it offers a bit more versatility, versatility amongst the forward line. Yeah, so just talk about the individuals. So Rafinha uh, leads United, you know, Brazilian. Um, you're, 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 you're not sure on him? No, I'm a big fan of Rafinha. I love him. I think he's a top, top, top player. But mm. the only reason I'd say no to Rafinha is because he's very one-sided and we have Bakari Saka who's a left footer and cuts in. I don't believe Rafinha can be as effective on the left-hand side or from a or from a forward position and for that reason I wouldn't go for Rafinha simply because of Bakari Saka. I'm a big fan of Rafinha though. I really do like him as a player but I think Bakari Saka makes it makes it difficult. Yeah, like the thing with Rafinha, I think you've hit the nail on the head, is that I don't think he has the versatility that the other options we've been linked to do. Um, if he comes in, it's a it's a clash between him and Saka, and then you've got like, a, is the Pepe situation going to reemerge again? Where you know you've got you've invested heavily in one-sided wingers, and they're not getting the minutes because Saka's already there. He has played on the left a little. He's even played in the middle a little, but he's not adept at playing in those areas. He is very much. Um, you know, the the right wing, uh, he's that natural player. Jared Bowen, though, is an interesting one, of course. He's played in the central area quite a bit for West Ham when Antonio's not been there and, and done well, scored plenty of Premier League goals as well. But the thing is with him is I just don't see it as a realistic sign. I don't think West Ham would ever let him leave, and if they did, it would be for silly money. So it doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I completely agree. I don't, 
I mean, I saw the links. I was quite surprised. I was thinking, huh? Joe Bowen. Mm. Interesting because I know Liverpool were interested in him one time. I think if he was to leave, it would be to a, a Champions League club maybe because West Ham might even consider us as, as rivals in that position. I don't think they would be open to selling to us. So I reckon it would be quite a a hefty transfer fee. And I don't believe... I know he's played up front for West Ham uh, in the absence of Antonio, but I still see him mm. as a as a as a winger especially on the right hand side again i know he can play the left but he's better on the right hand side and again the clash that's um, this 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 position we're trying to strengthen the wing forward is we've got we have to be very very careful of who we who we are signing because it's thin lines walking on, on thin lines with with not um of course attacking or or creating competition for Bukayo Saka when there's not competition that is needed to be created. I think if we are going to sign a wing forward, it should be a player coming from the left and and, and more of a striker. I liked uh, Cody Gakpo's links, for example. I know now mm-hmm. it's unrealistic because we're not in the Champions League, but Rafa Liao, players are coming from the left onto the right because I think the left-hand side is more a position that can be um, taken for grabs rather than the right-hand side at the moment. We see. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, the Asensio one's an interesting one because he's kind of... Um, He's not a winger, you know, he's a wide playmaker at times. Uh, he's got a goal in him and a great strike in him if he can find the net because, you know, you think about some of the goals he scored in, in the Champions League and the Super Cup. I remember one in particular when he was kind of breaking onto the scene for Real Madrid. But he's in his mid-twenties now. Uh, he's obviously been usurped by the likes of Rodrigo, Valverde and, uh, and Vinicius Jr. as well. But there is quality in him. It's just question marks over kind of what he could offer. But for £17 million, I think that's a incredibly good price tag. Uh, and I think also when we talk about Martin Odegaard needing more, like you know, competition, I think he could offer that as well. So what do you make of Asensio as a potential target? Does his injury record not worry you? Well, obviously, he had that big injury in 2019, um, which was obviously an, an ACL. But I mean, I'll just have a quick check on on kind of the games he's missed since then. Because I know since he recovered from that injury, you know, it wasn't a case of like yeah. a, a reoccurrence. Yeah. He no, he hasn't. Um, yeah, he missed one game. He missed four four games for injury this season, um, and an extra two because of the because uh, of COVID. So it's you know different. Um, mm-hmm. Missed two games in 2020, 22, uh, sorry, twenty twenty one season um, through inflammation. Um, it's not, and then the nineteen twenty season. You know, he obviously missed most of that yeah. because of the ACL. But he's not had a. He's not redone it in any sense but you're right he's not been the same kind of player but there's an argument that maybe obviously when he came back you know different managers um Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr have come through that competition for places he's not playing as regularly I'm not sure that you're seeing anywhere near as much the same player probably because of that and maybe a move would bring out the best in him again and I mean when when you talk about Awar and of course you know like 13.5 13.5 million quid or whatever it is you know Asensio I look at as a player that I think could offer us more than Awar and he's only a couple of million quid more than say Awar and I think there's less risk as there is more so with say Awar why do you why do you pull that I think there's less risk I than someone like definitely him. definitely disagree because I haven't seen Asensio done the ACL in 2019 mm. since then I haven't seen essentially be anywhere near the same player since 2019 four goals that. in one game you remember that That's against who uh, Mallorca, I think it was. Yeah, that's but that's three years of performance levels dipping. I think Aura's only had one one bad season. Plus, you mentioned the uh, Erdegaard else, alternative. Yeah. Aura can fit in the midfield better than Essential. I think Essential is more of a, a winger. I don't know how he would be on a defensive 
side of things because I know Erdogan has defensive uh, responsibilities. Mm. Aulard does is not bad that his defensive duties either. I don't think Essential can offer that. And yeah, for me, it's the drop off. I think I've seen I saw Essential in the Champions League this year. I forgot what game it was. I think it was the round of sixteen. He got taken off. Ramadan were playing terribly. He came off. I think Rodrigo or someone came on and the game completely changed simply because of that change. And essentially, just worries me. I don't think he's the same anywhere near the player he was before the ACL injury, unfortunately. So I think it's a transfer I'd avoid. If he was before, it was essentially before the ACL, I'd bite your hand off. Absolutely. But I just haven't seen the same player since he's returned. Let's let's move on. If you ever, of course, got any opinions on Rafinha Bowen and Asensio, leave them in the comment section below after the video and let us know who of those three you would like to see, if any, turn up at the Emirates next season and if you think they're realistic as well. Um, Matteo Genduzzi is trying his hardest, his hardest to keep William Saliba at the club. You know, I'm not his biggest fan. You know, I didn't particularly like the way that he behaved. I don't like the way that he was... Um, you know, acting after the whole Mope situation, never really was willing to apologise for what he did and to, you know, get back into the Arsenal team and get back in Arteta's good books. I think we could have handled it maybe a bit better, of course. But it is, yeah, this is a bit of a weird story, isn't it? And him coming out with specifically that quote saying he's just, he thinks that Saliba will stay still with Marseille. What do you think? It's crazy. I just don't understand. What, what is his intentions? I've never seen a player speak about another player who's gone back to uh, his low, his team and said, no, he loves the club, he'll stay. I've never seen it before. I don't know what mm. is thinking. I don't know what he's doing. I used to be a big fan of Guendouzi, even before, <laughs> even when he was loaned out to Marseille, that was before the news came out that his, his move was basically an obligation. I had hopes that he would perform at Marseille and come back to Arsenal, and him and Arteta would sort out the differences. But his attitude just simply stinks. It simply mm. stinks. It's it's, worry, it's poor to see, because Guendouzi always liked him, when he, of course, when he played for Arsenal. I thought he was a good player. I thought he had a lot of potential there. But his attitude is just so poor. And I think this epitomises it. Telling, speaking on another player situation, another club situation, it's out of your hands, Guendouzi. If Saliba wants to stay, Saliba literally came out a couple of weeks ago. Arteta also came out a couple of weeks ago, laying their intentions on the table for next season and they want to be at Arsenal. Suddenly, Guendouzi wants to shake up things and then create this further negative energy about Saliba wanting to leave Arsenal. And clearly, he has said he wants to stay at the club. I just don't... I'm just disappointed in Gwendouzi. Disappointed. I'd say disappointed. So at the end of the day, he's not our player. Like you yeah. know, he's and he's got his own agenda, and obviously, he's become friends with with Saliba from his time at Arsenal and and Marseille. He would want him to stay because uh, he's you know he's very passionate about Marseille. He says that Saliba's got that passion about, and I'm sure he does. The thing is, Saliba's a 20 year old. He's impressionable. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that that the Gwendouzi is. I mean, I wrote. A piece the other day about saying how Genduzi, you yeah. know, failed in his last attempt. Maybe you read it and got annoyed, <laughs> and is now trying his hardest to to get back. Um, you know, I'm still very confident that Saliba will be an Arsenal player next season. Ultimately, you know, it's down to Arsenal. You know, Saliba yeah. can turn around and say that I would like to go, I would like to move, but he has a two year contract, and Arte and Saliba himself pointed that out. So Arteta's come out and said that he wants him to return. He's kind of quelled any possible you know, rumours that he didn't fancy him, didn't really want him. He's come out and said that he wants him to return. You know, he's he's done well on loan at Marseille and they want him to integrate him into the team. Um, Saliba has said that he thinks it would be a shame and he, if he left. He wants to show the Arsenal fans what he's about. I'm looking forward to seeing Saliba as an Arsenal player next season and what he can bring to the side. And, and who knows, compete with Ben White, overtake Ben White or Gabriel, either of those two. He can play in either position. He can play at right back. He'll be a really a, a real big asset for us next season. So, yeah, you can do one again, Doozy, quite frankly. <laughs> 
Um, lastly, Nuno Tavares, um, linked with a loan move away. Both Marseille and uh, Atalanta have been linked with Tavares. For me, if he goes on loan, that's the end of his Arsenal career because Arsenal can't afford to allow him to go and not bring in someone to, you know, be that potential backup. You know, Joe Lopez is gone as a youth option. Lina Sosa is, is not ready yet. We don't have anyone that can play left back naturally um, if he does go. Arsenal would need to bring in a Hickey or a Zinchenko or someone else that can play there. And if we bring in someone there, I don't see Tavares coming back and taking his spot again. So is that a fair assumption? Because I, I think he'd be gone if he goes on loan. I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say it'll be the end of his Arsenal mm. career. Um I think he'll be doubtful, he'll be in trouble. But I think a loan move would be great for him, not just for an Arsenal perspective, but for himself and to to re to make himself an asset once again. Mm. I think you're right. I think if he does go on loan, Arsenal will sign an Aaron Hickey, for example. But then you can say Tavares could have an excellent season. Let's say you go to Atlanta, the Serie A, I know they're better defensively, they're more defensive thinking, tactics, you've got to be more uh, screwed on. You know, Tavares could benefit from that. It's not to say an Aaron Hickey comes to Arsenal and he has a failure of a season, he has a terrible season, and then Tavares comes back next year. Mm. He might be able to reinstate his, his place in the side in the preseason. It happens a lot. But again, you're right, TC, in terms of we will replace Tavares if he goes out alone, and that could completely wash him away from getting back into the Arsenal setup. But again, you never know what happens in football. I think a loan move is the best move for Nuno Tavares. I don't think we should sell him yet. I think yeah, there's, there's potential in there. There's raw potential in there. You don't know. Arteta, for example, it's, he might not be at the club next year. We don't know what, mm. what would happen. We might get a manager who prefers a, a three-at-the-back formation, and that is perfect for a player like Nuno Tavares. He might suddenly come back into Arsenal's thinking. But and if we do play four at the back, then, yeah, I do struggle to see a way back for, for Nuno, regardless of a loan or not. Yeah, I, I do think he would go. I just don't see Arsenal not bringing someone in if they were allowing him yeah. to leave and then how he would get back into the team. You know, the, the positive thing is, is he's a player that we spent very a little amount on. I think he's already worth more than what we, we spent on him. You know, I think his value yeah. has increased. He's still a young player, got a long contract. Um, he's valued. I mean, I looked at the CIES, uh, uh, the observatory mm-hmm. investi- uh, kind of value of him, and they rank him between 20 and 30 million euros wow. now. Like So... I think Arsenal would make a significant profit if they were to sell him. I think if they sent him on loan, he'd still have, what, three years left on his yeah. deal? Um, and they could still make a very good fee at the end of that. Atalanta tend to, you know, they they, they find good talents. They're good at developing players as well. Um, they've signed a very a few decent good players like, you know, Gosens and and who's now gone to Inter Milan. They made, I think, a yeah. profit on him. Coop Miners, of course, from RZ Alkmaar, who's linked to Arsenal in the past. Very good midfielder that I would have definitely taken at Arsenal. So, you know, if they're bringing in Tavares, you play in a wing-back position as well um, at yeah. Atalanta, that might help him. Um, so it's going to be intriguing. Um, what what would happen with with Tavares? Uh, we've got a few minutes left to take some of your comments in the chat. Uh, Wes says to accommodate Tavares and get the best out of him, you would have to change the system, and that's not going to happen. Asa says Tavares must go out on loan because he simply can't defend. Uh, Comdean says uh, if we sell Xhaka, would you be happy with Orkan Kokchu? I mean, Bailey, I did a, a tier list a video the other day uh, on another channel that I do, and. Uh, Obviously, the the uh, the steer clear, or I would steer clear, is now being known as the Bailey tier because, of course, <laughs> it's uh, it contains players like Hussein Alwar and Renata Sanchez in midfield. And I personally rated Orkin Kocha as a player I'd rather have than either of those two. And you sh- shook your head furiously in a WhatsApp group that we have 
Do you not like Orkan Kokchu? Is that not is it not a player was, that you like? I just want to know is why you would sign Orkan Kokchu or not and not Alda. What what has I think he he's done better? To... Wow. I think he's a better player. How? Why? Well, I just think you, you look at if you want speak to anyone who's watched him this season for for final. You know he's he's their apps. He's instrumental in the way that they play. He's still twenty one years of age. Loads of potential about him. You know he's got seven. He's got nine goals and nine assists this season. What I mean, what average in the Eredivisie, mate? But it's still it's, like has he played right, in the Champions what, League? What league did Delict come from? What league did uh, Frankie De Jong come from? They played Champions won? League. They played Champions League. Without the Champions League, they would not have made them. Had you just talked about the league that they played. You yeah, know, he's and the Champions League. league he's twenty-one course. years of age. He's come through. He's a Turkish international now as well. You know, this is a really good player. You're talking about like Awar. He's playing in Liga and he's league. taken Leon to mid-table, mate. You know, like it's nothing special. <laughs> it's not. <I> don't, <laughs> He's nothing special. He's, he's diminished in value. Country. This was a guy that was 50 million two years ago. What is he now? Yes. 12. 12 million, mate. Tina Mans was 70, 70, 60. Now he's 25. This happens when your contract runs so down. he's still worth easy. double that of our Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, but Kokchu is, is is far and away clear of our Oh, clear. That's clear. a big statement. Clear. That's a big I feel statement. a debate piece coming on. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's clear. Absolutely clear. Unreal. Unbelievably good, talented player is is Orkin Kokchu, and uh, <laughs> would rather see him at Arsenal over Awur. Oh. So uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to some other comments as well. Let's scroll up a little bit. Um, King says, "How has I didn't mean, mean to click on this? Has our <laughs> honestly ever had a full good yes. season? He has had a few good games in the Champions League and a few in the league, but never been consistently good in any season. I mean." King's a is a well-educated man. You know, he knows what he's talking about. Listen, so, I don't, all I have to say is the 2021 season, 19-20 season, sorry, Aula outperformed all of our midfielders easily. He scored more goals combined than our midfielders. He was also, I believe, one of the top assistants in league on. So that was evidence of a, of a full good season there. Not to mention mm. his impressive, impressive Champions League campaign. I know he did have a greatest of years last year, so I can't use that. But again, when you're right, your contract's running down, you're not happy at a club. It does affect your performances. Look at Yuri Tiedemans. I always compare the two. And I believe Aura comes to Arsenal, fresh start. You will see the best of him. Much better than Orkin Kocci. I can, prom- I can promise you that. Sure, he says, morning, Tom Bailey. Why do you think Milinkovic Savic has never made a big move yet? I can't get my head around it. Do you think there's an underlying reason? For me, it's just Lazio were always asking for an 80 plus million quid. And I don't think any club were willing to, to take the, the risk on him at that price. They still want a very big fee. You know, 60 million euros is, is a lot of money. I don't think Arsenal will get him personally. But I think that if we would, you know, he is. It's like about 10 hours in Savage. So, uh, you know, <laughs> don't spit your war out. Paul says, Tom, do you know what happened to Jonathan David's links? We were linked with Liverpool also, but everything's gone quiet. He, de- he didn't have the best end to the season. You know, his, his form didn't reflect that of a player that was being talked about for 45 to 55 million. Um, and I know our good friend Chris, who is a Canadian listener, won't thank me for saying that. But, you know, he's he's just not, been reflecting the form of, of some of the other players that we've been linked to. You know, your Jay- you think about how strong Jesus had at the end of the season. Uh, obviously, Schick had a brilliant season last year. Um, you think about other players, uh, I'm trying to think of top of my head strikers that have gone out of my mind now we've been linked to, but there's so many forwards um, that I think just had a stronger end. Tammy Abraham obviously had a very, very strong end to the season. Ozzyman had a very good end to the season after facing an injury in the first half of the campaign. So, you know, I think that's one of the big reasons. And from a profile perspective, whilst he 
kind of fit. He's closer to what Jesus is than say an Ozymen or a Tammy Abraham. But there is this feeling that Arteta wants more power from forwards. Um, and I'm not sure that David would bring you that. But he may turn that around this season. I think he might end up staying at Lille actually this summer for another year. Um, I don't know how long's left on his deal, but I think he might only have one year left after this season. I'm, I'm speculating, but maybe one or two years left on his deal at the end of the campaign. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with you, TC. I think in Ketia as well, signing a new contract, I think that also had an effect on the deal because I know David and Enketia, those two, mm. doesn't excite you, doesn't, it doesn't worry opposition teams. And as you said, David's ed, uh, performances toward the end of the season really did cut out a potential transfer. I think he only scored a couple of goals from January to the to the end of the season. So that's not great. I think he killed a potential transfer himself. And I agree. I think he needs another season in Lille because he, of course, he's only been there for a year or two and he hasn't really been the number one striker. So he gets another season under his belt, more experience. He's still only 20, 22 years old. So another year, his value will be much cheaper because he has one year left remaining on his contract. Then he mm. can get moved then maybe. Yeah. Very true. Um, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time, as always. Um, and uh, if you would, drop a like on the video. And subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on uh, so you never miss a show. Thank you, Bailey. Appreciate your time, as always. Thank you, TC, as always, and everyone in the comment section. Absolutely. Uh, we will see you tomorrow morning again for the next 10 a.m. show. But of course, we'll bring you more content throughout the week as well. See you soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.